everyone and welcome to another episode of the graveyard shift if you were here and in attendance last week you'll know what we're talking about we're talking about haunted movie sets today um and if you can't hear us sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> we just that sucks. <laughs> that's literally the point of the show and that really stinks if you can't hear us so um but we still don't have headphones yeah, I went home and I totally <laughs> forgot to bring my plug-in headphones. Same. So. I went. <laughs> we we all just totally missed the objective. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So unfortunately, we will not be taking Collins at the end of the episode oh, because yes. we can't hear them if we do. Yeah, but if you want to text us, feel free. We'll. Um, I mean, you know our numbers, so. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> So if you feel the need to text us, please text us and we'll read that out on air. But for today, we are doing the stories of haunted movie sets. We talked last week about the poltergeist. Jordan, yes. you did that one, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you talked about the poltergeist and all the hauntings that went on, all the mysterious things. We have a few more movies, um, including The Exorcist, Conjuring Movies. The Omen. The Omen, Rosemary's Baby. They're pretty old. Like, And I, I have know. one recent one if we have time. Oh, okay, good. Good. So, who would like to go who first? Who wants to kick it off? Jordan, I think you because you brought up <laughs> you brought up this topic last episode. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Yay. So, um, have you guys seen The Exorcist? Yes. No. Wait, which one? The old one. The one where her head spins around? Yeah. Yeah, the old one that was based on that William Peter Blatty book. Yes. So, that is well known as like one of the most horrifying movies of all time. I actually haven't seen it, so I felt a little stupid doing research into it, but the whole movie was based on this book by William Peter Blatty. He also did the screenplay, but after writing the book when there was like a high demand for it. Um, and the book is based off of a real exorcism that happened in St. Louis, Missouri in 1949. The writer did like a bunch of interviews with the guy who performed the exorcism and all that stuff. And then later on for the movie, they, uh, a random priest in like Rome or something slipped him a bunch of like random firsthand accounts of these exorcisms and stuff. Oh. Cause it's, I guess there was something called like priest's diary of like the diary of the priest who like did all the stuff for it. And it was a little boy. They did change it to a little girl, though, to protect the little boy's identity. I guess the little boy, like, grew up and had, like, a really good career in NASA and didn't even remember the whole exorcism situation that happened to him. Oh, I think I think I would remember that, personally. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have the time to talk to him. So. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. But, so, the film had, like, a plethora of issues wrong with it, you know? Um, not as bad as Poltergeist, honestly. But it was more the after movie that was really weird. So first I'll start with what happened when they were filming. So um, fun fact about the film, he requested a very specific director, a documentary director named William Friedkin because he wanted it to have like a very real feel to it for people to be freaked out by it. This director implemented a lot of like creepy stuff into the movie. Like he would, uh, like sound wise, he would play like the sound of bees, but like very quietly in the background to like trigger people's like fight or flight senses and stuff oh and like during some like haunted scenes he would have like for like literally like a decimal of a second he would have like a picture of some really creepy person pop up and that like, you wouldn't even know you saw it but it would like trigger something in you so if you pause the movie you could see it but just a bunch of little stuff like that it's also rumored that he for like the noise of the demons First of all, confirm the actress who did the noise of the demons was like, they did super messed up stuff to her. Okay, like oh, she, like what? Uh, she was like in an AA for a while, but to get the noises out of her, they made her start drinking again, smoke oh, cigarettes, no. and really evil. 
They did something else. To they her. couldn't get someone else to do it instead of. Well, I apparently could do she it. wanted to. She was like, "Guys, I can do this. Yeah. I just need like two liters of vodka." Of course, and I don't know how <laughs> how necessary it was, but she. I've heard it those ones. I can do it right here, right now. But she said she did mm-hmm. not like me. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a taste. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> that was. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> let me know how that sounded. <laughs> Those of you at <laughs> So this woman <laughs> who clearly could have just had her part taken by Caroline, apparently. Mm-hmm. She yeah. was drinking all this vodka. She was, well, she didn't like was being tied up to a chair. She had to go talk to the priest in between takes. They did like little to no sound editing on it because her like the noises she made were so good. But people believe that he intercut those noises with like, actual sound footage he had of an exorcism which he admitted that he did have like the sound footage of an exorcism that happened to a 14 year old boy in Rome okay podcaster taking (laughs) well taking recordings (laughs) (laughs) going sorry (laughs) loose connection sorry (laughs) it's okay podcaster noises you know how they are (laughs) anyway he had all these the not audio what did you call it oh Oh, visually deaf (laughs) oh yeah Um, (laughs) oops yeah it's okay noise blind that one go sorry i'll stop interrupting you jordan (laughs) yeah sorry it's okay um so essentially that's what happened they think that there's like demon noises in the film whatever but throughout the filming like at the beginning uh Production was nine months, supposed to be much shorter. And also the budget nearly doubled for the film during production because of all the like retakes, reshoots and stuff they had to do because of all the like accents. So first thing that happened was that the McNeil house that they built to like film the whole thing in, um, in like this studio in New York, um, caught on fire um, and burned completely to the ground. And they had to rebuild the whole thing from scratch. Took them six weeks. And that happened like right before they started production. Then when it was finally rebuilt, got delayed another two weeks because the sprinkler system started malfunctioning. They say that the fire happened from like a electrical circuit problem, but like they don't really know what it was because it wasn't a real house. It was really like a like a studio. So mm. I don't know. Um, the director seemed to think that there was like something up with that. Um, and then after that, people kind of just kept dying. Um, as soon as like one, one of the actors, Father Marin, got to New York to begin filming, he got a call that his brother died. Um, another actor got like deathly ill during the shoot. Um, the actor who played the character who was like killed by a demon at one point, um, he died a week after filming that scene from like the flu or something mm-hmm. weird like that. Um, someone's, I think it was a uh, the actor who played Father Karras, his son was like in this really random motorcycle accident um, where he got ran over by a motorcycle and almost died. Then a carpenter who worked in there lost his thumb. An electrician lost his toe. And half the crew <laughs> that went to um, some random country to film all quit because it was so creepy. Um, huh. And also the big demon statue they use in it got accidentally shipped to Hong Kong instead of LA. <laughs> so that also delayed... <laughs> That Filming. must have been a funny unboxing. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, it happens to the best of us. And the lead actress, Ellen Burstyn, she, um, during the scene where, like, the girl just, like, kind of bitch slaps her, you know, into the <laughs> 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 next dimension or whatever, she, like, uh, she actually hurt herself and they had to stop filming for several weeks because she, like, oh. cranked her neck while doing that. And that actress believes that the film was, like, super haunting. She said there was at least nine deaths during the shoot um, of just random cast members, crew members, all that stuff. Um, they ended up exercising the set at one point because people kept dying and things kept going wrong. And then post-production came and the editors who were like going through the film and the footage, all that stuff, they kept finding like random clips that like no one remembered shooting or doing on purpose, you know? Like, um, let me see. There was one like that was like a double ex- exposure of the little girl's face at the end of one reel who like they don't even remember filming it, but it was there and it was super creepy. And I don't know if they ended up using it in the movie or whatever. Um, then it hit theaters. And then I'm sure you guys heard about like 
all the people who ran out of the theater vomiting, crying. Yeah. Yeah. People claimed to be getting hallucinations. Hospitals in the like areas that were playing the movie like saw that the patients who came in saying they were having hallucinations after that movie came out went up like incredibly. Oh, wow. Churches were getting overwhelmed by people saying they were possessed after watching the movie. And like a bunch of people who worked in movie theaters ended up quitting because of like the weird vibes around the movie. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. People think that the vomiting may have been like a marketing scheme and like all the stuff that happened after it came out. But that's kind of what happened during the movie. Hmm. Hmm. I've never seen the full movie, but I remember like the when the her head turns around and she's yeah. like groaning. Like it, it looks stupid in retrospect, but I think when I was like ten or twelve, and my dad forced me to watch it, Same. I might have crapped myself because I mean those sounds are like really messed up. I don't think in retrospect from ten minutes ago, I don't think I could have done the sounds. Like you had to, <laughs> have to. <laughs> you had to you be ha- full of drugs and alcohol. To make yeah, those to make those noises because they were messed up like fully, and I remember. Have you ever seen the BuzzFeed and Solve video of, like, the possession of Emily Rose? Yeah. I don't know. Possessions are extra creepy. Yeah. It's a little, like... Because then, what if the what if the ghost comes, or the demon comes out and possesses you next? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I don't think they're going to be happy that you're trying to recreate it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I certainly wouldn't be. Yeah. Maybe this is a theory... Uh, maybe the people who were watching The Exorcist in theaters and were puking, if it wasn't a publicity stunt, maybe the exorcism words being said on the screen were exercising the demons inside of them and they oh. the demons couldn't handle it and they got exercised for the price of <laughs> yeah. a movie ticket. It also wow. could have been like the actual like demonic noises that people think was like cut into the movie. You oh. know? Hmm. Creepy. Well, what do you know? Yeah. yeah, have you guys ever seen the or like her the case? The devil made me do it. They did like a whole Conjuring movie on it. Um, yeah, that's the third Conjuring movie. I've I like I'm not gonna lie to you. These kind of scary movies, like I can't watch just because it'll keep me up at night mm-hmm. with the jump scares and stuff. Yeah, but I've I've heard of it. <laughs> that's like I don't know. I. I don't think I've heard of it. Really? Yeah. Or maybe I have, but it's not ringing a bell. It was like a whole murder case that happened and like Ed and Lorraine Warren got involved. That's like Mm -hmm. why it was in The Conjuring. But essentially this person like, I don't know the exact details, but he murdered like a bunch of people and then he said he was possessed. Yeah. And Ed and Lorraine Warren said that he was possessed. They were trying to like exercise the demons (laughs) out of him. Yeah. And they did. But then he was like, when he was normal again, he was like, getting arrested for all these murders hmm. so so maybe he was just a murderer that yeah. also <laughs> is another thing <laughs> who just happened to have a demon in him but even if he didn't have a demon in him he was still a murderer all murderers are a little demonic don't yeah. you think in their own ways yeah yeah that's a strong stance you're taking <laughs> well I don't know <laughs> What, you want to defend the murderers, Jordan? Is that what we're I doing now? I think they were of sound mind and body when <laughs> they killed someone. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're the most qualified to to make that ruling. Yeah. Or maybe we are. Maybe we're just the people who need to decide. <laughs> when I don't know if when you were younger, like, my, my sister would, like, try to exercise us. And she would, um, like... <laughs> She would like hold the cross over us and like she would just scream crap at us, be like, the body of Christ compels you. Body, you know, when like you're hanging out with your friends and one of them says something they think is really relatable, but it actually sounds super traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of those times. <laughs> this is happening right Never now. Never once has oh. my brother tried to exercise. Well, no, not to my memory at least. I don't know. I think she thought it was funny, but I was actually like kind of scared. <laughs> Especially because you were raised Catholic. That must just really yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I was like, oh no. You should um maybe talk to her about that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. Aw, just a mean. Darn. Seems like something to unpack. Like yeah, therapy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. 
Emerson stopped paying for my therapy, though. Boo. <laughs> right. Is that all on The Exorcist? That is all I have on The Exorcist. All right. Excellent. Would you like to go? Sure. I'll start with Rosemary's Baby. So, in 1967, Ira Levin wrote the novel first. It was a book-to-screen adaptation. Um, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, his inspiration was his wife, who was pregnant, and he sat down and started writing the book um, during June of 1966, which is you know june is the sixth month of 1966 666 is the number of the beast so that um is sort of notable i guess yeah, um, airtight evidence of some sort yeah uh so the film adaptation was directed by roman polanski and if that name sounds familiar Boo. what isn't he the guy that oh wait <laughs> well i'll talk no i thought he like dated or he was a sex offender. Oh, maybe. not gonna lie. As soon as you say like a male director's name, I'm like, yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. probably a sex probably. Yeah. I think uh, maybe I'm getting him mixed up with Woody Allen, but I think he was also a sex offender. Well, Woody Allen definitely was. Right. Yeah, Polanski sex offender. Let's Google. We'll just get this out of the way first yeah. and foremost. I'm so sorry to derail it. No, no, it's okay. I just thought we were all on the same page. Not a good. I thing. don't know. He was arrested in 1977 and charged with drugging and raping a 13 year old uh, girl. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, and then he not and then he enough. left the country to avoid it. I'm well, pretty sure. So he's a piece of poo. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this unfortunately is not about that. Um. But I will talk about him a little bit more in a in a moment. Um, so the first thing that went awry with this, with the movie Rosemary's Baby, was the composer, Christoph Kometa, um, in the autumn of 1968. He was 37, he was roughhousing at a party, and then he fell off of a rocky cliff um, and into a four-month coma, uh, which was, was actually... the party, like, based on a cliff? Like, how did... I don't know, maybe it was just, like, a nice house on a cliff like with a nice view or something i don't know okay sorry continue. i have no clue <laughs> but he fell off a cliff um and was then in a four-month coma which is interesting because um it's the very same affliction that the witches in rosemary's baby used to kill rosemary's suspicious friend in the book mm-hmm. um and he never regained consciousness and died in poland the next year um Next weird thing, in 1969, April of 1969, the producer, William Castle, um, was getting hate mail constantly, and then he got, like, really bad kidney stones, and then when he was delirious in the hospital, he was having hallucinations of scenes from from the film, um, and yelled, quote, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Uh, this was a, he was, like, hysterical at the time, but, um... He recovered after that, but that that was his one hit wonder, Rosemary's Baby. And then back to Polanski. Um, he may sound at least he sounded familiar to me because he was dating Sharon Tate at the time of oh, her murder. Yeah. Um, so they had relocated to California, him and Sharon Tate, um, and she had actually auditioned for the lead role in Rosemary's Baby, but they ended up going with someone else, with Mia Farrow. Um, instead, Tate loitered around the set, and um, she actually appeared uncredited, like a ghost in the background of um, of the of different scenes, like the party scene and that sort of thing. Um, and during this time, she got like super obsessed with the occult and would talk about it all the time, like to her friends and at parties. And she was quoted, one of her friends said that she said, the devil is beautiful. Most people think he's ugly, but he's not. Um, So that was a little weird. Mm. Um, Polanski last saw Tate as she was very pregnant in July 1969. He had uh, an overwhelming feeling as he left that he was never going to see her again. Was the child his? I don't know, actually. I... I think, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But 
yeah, shortly after that, in August 8th of 1969, she was murdered by the Manson family, her and her unborn child, um, all while Rosemary's baby was still in theaters. Um, so that's the Sharon Tate debacle with Roman Polanski, who is the director of the movie. Um, another thing was, I don't know how related this is, but John Lennon was killed across the street from the Dakota, which was where it was filmed. Um, I feel like that's definitely a connection. It could be, yeah. Especially around because the same time. Around, yeah. yeah, around the same time, and there were all those theories about um, him writing the White Album uh, under like demonic influence or something. But you can <laughs> yeah, say that probably. about just you can say that, that about anyone. Messed up. Um, and in, for the for the author Ira Levin, nothing really happened to him. I mean, he he had like a really bad divorce. <laughs> But um, yeah, could you imagine being pregnant and your husband turns out a book like that? Yeah, he I'd wouldn't like, let her oh, read. Nice. <laughs> he wouldn't let her read the manuscripts of it either, um, because he didn't want to upset her. So oh, that's probably good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they had a, a bad divorce. Um, same year that the movie came out, um, he people say he avoided like real real bad disaster because he wasn't part of the movie adaptation at all. Um, but he does feel like he played a significant part in the popularization of the occult um, and the belief in witchcraft and Satanism, and he feels um, sort of guilty about that. Um, and he says, he qu he's quoted saying, I really feel a certain degree of guilt about having fostered that kind of irrationality. Um, so even though he wasn't directly involved in the film, he felt like he was responsible for all the weird stuff that happened afterwards. Um, but those are just some of the odd things that happened on and off before and after and during the filming of Rosemary's Baby. Okay. And that has to be like, I don't know, like the worst, like breakup writing <laughs> like I know yeah. that's so awful that yeah. like he I don't know I really don't think I could get over that especially if the really book got so fear. famous <laughs> like yeah no the he the book was insanely famous it sold like four million copies in the first oh I would be week. absolutely livid yeah he had to have hated her before oh he, he hated that. her regrets. like there's no way yeah he was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my my wife's beautiful pregnancy and make it totally weird in this book. Do you think he has a good relationship with his son or, like, daughter? I don't know. Um, I wonder <laughs> how they feel about it. I, I didn't look into it, but I'd be a little creeped. Yeah, that's a very interesting story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Caroline. All right, we'll get into mine. Yes, I'm going to be talking about the Conjuring series as a whole because it was all kind of tied into this one, like, overarching theme. Um, the Conjuring series includes the Conjuring movies 1 through 3, which is The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and The Conjuring, um, The Devil Made Me Do It, and then Annabelle 1 through 3, and the insidiouses one through three the nun and i believe um what's the last one la llorona love oh. wait so i didn't many. know that those were all, like insidious and la llorona were also connected with that i'm pretty sure insidious is i'm not 100 percent sure about la llorona but were they connected through like Ed and Lorraine Warren? Is yes, oh, yes. Okay. The connection follows the ghost hunting couple of Ed and Lorraine Warren. This is a real life couple in the 1970s and 80s who famously recorded some of the most iconic paranormal occurrences. Um, the Perrin family haunting is based on is what the first Conjuring is based on. Obviously, follows like the possession of this house i don't know i've never personally seen these movies because the conjuring is supposedly one of the scariest movies to have come out in the past 20 years and i guess i, I mean i'm not willing to do that to myself so whatever um 
They're all based off of one of Ed and Lorraine's real life cases that they investigated. Um, the Ed and Lorraine worked closely with directors and producers in order to get all the stories and all the movies correct. So we'll start with The Nun. Um, the Nun director, Corinne Hardy, they were filming in a Romanian castle. They were turned they were filming a scene in which they turn a corner into a dark room and they were filming and they turned the corner and the director saw two men in the shot when he saw them he freaked out at the guys to get off the set because they weren't obviously supposed to be there the crew and the the cast assured him that there was no one there and that the set was basically closed and it kind of freaked him out for the rest of the filming anyway um moving on to annabelle in the initial filming of annabelle annabelle the crew found three finger marks going down the window in dust on the location um this is significant because the demon in annabelle and along with all the other conjuring movies is supposed to only have three talons so like the doll of Annabelle has three talons. <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen the movie. I know what you're talking yeah, you feel about. Me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. The talons. So the yeah the it's it's a common one throughout all of the movies. I think this is something that happens on a lot of sets. Like is people come up with scratches that are unexplained, and so a lot of the movies had these three scratches that went unexplained. Um, the director would then wake up with the scratch marks as well. Um, also a creepy coincidence that happened on set. Um, a lamp, a studio lamp, fell on the head of a janitor working on, sent, on set and sent him to the hospital. Creepily, um, when put into context, was the fact that in the script, a handyman was supposed to be killed by a falling object in the exact same hallway in which the janitor was hit with the light. Oh. And uh, that's so weird. that's definitely not a coincidence. And I yeah. I feel like in Annabelle, they were like messing with something that was way too real. Because oh, that yeah. was like a huge story, like before even. Right, All the 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 doll of Annabelle is real, and it exists in Ed and Lorraine Warren have this like really creepy basement filled with all the artifacts from all the cases and the hauntings they did, and one of the most demonic and possessed um, objects they have is the doll Annabelle, which is not really the creepy doll that they have in the movie. It's more of it's like a raggedy Ann. Doll. It's a raggedy yeah. Ann, and a lot of things have happened like people have tried to touch the doll and they've gotten into accidents and were killed afterwards because this is a public museum like people can go in and see it um they also have like a priest come in and bless it like multiple times a day yeah because oh. it's it's seriously like i i think ghost hunters has have gone into their yeah because it's there's a bunch of quote-unquote haunted objects in that museum right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there's that monkey doll yeah. yeah, with the the symbols or whatever. I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just like the creepiest crap on earth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the doll of Annabelle is very real and very haunted. Um, so no wonder that Annabelle was kind of screwed, you know? I wouldn't want to work on it. That's no. Yeah, I also feel like the idea of like... <laughs> having like Annabelle out on display and stuff also just like isn't good energy. Kind of tempting thing. Yeah, what's the ethics with that? And then doing movies about like, yeah, no, like I think Ghost Adventures also has a museum in like Las Vegas and like remember when Post Malone went through all that stuff like oh, oh yeah. after he went and was on an episode of Ghost Adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's just bad vibes. It's no, it is. Cool. And I think Ed and Lorraine Warren, I don't I don't know. They kind of, I feel like they made a pact with the devil or something because they were playing with a lot of bad. They oh, my out. God. Yeah. Juju, you know, you guys haven't watched Supernatural, have you? No. no. Then this reference would not make sense. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Moving on to The Conjuring, which is the first movie that had a lot of strange, unexplained things happening. Um, <coughs> sorry. The actress Joey King, who we all know and hate. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> she was Gypsy Rose in... Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's also really in the kissing got booth. a diverse Yeah, most importantly, she's kissing booth. the kissing booth. Wait, was she in that movie? Yeah. Which movie was it? Uh, the original Conjuring. She oh. was one of the kids. She played Christine. Oh, okay. She had a lot of... Ex- she experienced a lot of intense and unexplained bruising while filming. Um, this was ex- strange considering she didn't do any of her own stunts and she didn't... I mean, it was like intense bruising, the kind that you get when you have platelet... <laughs> like anemia? Anemia. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't do any of her own stunts, um, so everyone found it very strange that she was experiencing this intense bruising. In the movie, um, the mother would wake up with bruising because it was theorized that the spirit's world's method of reaching into the physical world was through the body and through bruising, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm struggling over here. I'm so mucusy. No, um, the recreation of the Warren's collection room was a little too accurate as well. In the movie, actors and crew note the room having an extremely eerie and negative aura. Upon further review, many people would confirm that objects, notably a wooden pig, would move around the set randomly. Some of these occurrences can even be seen in the film. Oh. So, yeah. Like, maybe it's like, um, what is it, continuity eras, but there were things that were in one place that hadn't been moved, I guess. I feel like the person charged continuity was just like, oh... Oh, oh, that was definitely strange. a ghost. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, oh, if I don't, I don't do, do my, my job. job. This is great. <laughs> I feel like nice. recreating places is like the same thing as like, I don't know, hearing like the words of an exorcism or a spell go on in the room. Like it's the same thing. Like it's yeah. just inviting that energy. Yeah. Exactly. They probably use some of the same artifacts too. Just no, to be like authentic. But or movie directors love to do that, and they, they really do. End up screwing over. They love everyone. to screw with fate and be like, "Oh yeah, here's the cross that was used in the real exorcism." Like, do you think that's a good idea? <laughs> do you think so? <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I I like I think that the Conjuring movies are an interesting case because they are all based off of real things that happened. Um. The Amityville Horror House or Murder House or whatever is one of the cases that Ed and Lorraine um, investigated, but it's not in the Conjuring series, but it's also a very interesting story of like demonic possession. So, Mm. yeah. There's so many Conjuring movies. I've, I don't even know which ones I've seen. I know. I'm, I mean, all the sequels and stuff are insane yeah. like all the animal and Amityville is that part of it too the no okay that's a totally different one but Amityville. there were also a lot of strange things that went on in the Amityville the in the, the um original one and yeah I think it was like the 1980s a lot of strange unexplained things happening yeah I know set. all the Annabelle movies weren't like true stories though they just took the doll like right 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 because there was one where they like they had like a nanny for their kid. I forget which movie it was, but then the nanny the boy? decided to go into like the haunted room. No, the boy. That's a different movie, but that oh. was a good movie. But like, no, like Ed and Lorraine Warren handled like hired a babysitter, and the babysitter went into the room and unleashed like all of the demons in there. Oh, oh. they just had a room of demons. Well, it was like the, <laughs> it was like the museum thing. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, like it wasn't like real stories for Annabelle, but oh. Conjuring definitely was. Yeah. Because Annabelle was originally found by a bunch of, like, nursing students. And they wanted to be friends with her and stuff when they realized it was a demon. <laughs> and, like, nurse her back to health. Oh, I know that. That's delusional. 
Yeah. That's yeah, highly delusional. Yeah. You won't see me playing nice with Annabelle. No. I'll give her her space, but we're not going to be BFFs. I love how, like, the actual demonic Annabelle is just, a, like, a silly little... Oh, I don't want to say that. Is, like... <laughs> It's just a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. But like... Yeah, because in the movies they make insane. it look totally different. Which... Honestly, it would have been less creepy if it was Raggedy Ann. So I support the change. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Well, you have another story, right, Jordan? I do, but I'm going to like drastically change the vibes in this room right now. Okay. Do you want me to go first <laughs> Yeah, then? if you want to go first. Okay. So I also researched the omen. Um, so, oh, okay. So according to the LA Times, um, the executive, or sorry, advertising executive um, named Bob Bob Munger um, approached the. Uh, director I didn't write down these names oops Bernhard um <laughs> that's his last name mm-hmm. uh saying that the make that making the the film the omen was a bad idea he said um he warned them that he thought the devil didn't want them to make it um and he recalls his words of of warning he says that um he goes I said if you make this movie, you're going to have some problems. If the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible and you're going uh, to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. Um, the devil was at work and he didn't want that film made. So I feel like I never understand people like the devil didn't want this. Movie. Like, I guess yeah. you just explained it, but just like feels like great publicity for him to be honest seriously you know? i know and isn't that the whole point i mean maybe we're wrong but like it doesn't he want to recruit people for yeah i feel like his marketing strategies are kind of off right now i mean yeah i don't get it <laughs> i mean that's kind of a cop-out saying the devil is mad is such a cop-out mm-hmm. like why i i feel like if i were the devil i would love the the clout you know yeah the whole movie about me (laughs) (laughs) anyway um so to start off with some weird things that happened um the original star of the film was going to be gregory peck um and um but hold on sorry i'm (laughs) it's okay take your time sorry sorry (laughs) um but first of all i'll talk about planes because there were two really really weird things i feel like this cannot be a coincidence like the statistics the stats don't add up but um both gregory peck who was the original star and executive mark newfeld they were both traveling in planes before the start of the movie started production and both of those planes were struck by lightning separate planes actually i don't know how common it is for a plane to get struck by lightning because maybe nothing happens but um it happened to peck when he was flying to london for the role his plane was struck by lightning and then a few weeks later the executive mark newfeld was um on a flight from la and his plane was also struck and he referred to the experience as the roughest five minutes i've ever had on an airliner um this was also in the mid 1900s so um planes were quite a bit different than they are now um but back to peck he actually ended up shooting himself a few months before shooting was set to start um he tried to kill himself he did kill himself gregory peck yeah wait Uh, was he like the main character yeah so they had to recast him oh um gregory gregory peck died in 2003 oh really i don't I don't oh. think he was that successful. <laughs> Let's see. Well, Gregory Peck. Actually, I guess in the article I read, it didn't say anything about him dying, but he did shoot himself in the head. Oh, wow. Okay. What? What did you find? 
No, just like if he shot himself on the head and went on like that. It's kind of baller. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, I'll go on. Um, another. Oh wait, it says this says his son killed himself. Oh Confirmed. yeah, it does say his son killed himself. Okay, maybe that's what I meant to write. Anyway, someone close to the film shot themselves um, and killed themselves. Um, but uh, back on the plane thing. Um, planes only get each like aircraft. Sorry, I looked it up while you're talking yeah, about it. Yeah, go for it. Well, like every aircraft, like statistically, should only get struck by lightning like once a year. Once a year? Once a year, yeah. For every like individual aircraft. Um, oh. so the fact that those two separate aircrafts like within a couple weeks of each other within a few weeks of each other is kind of weird yeah both with people who were working on the same project mm-hmm. that is weird um I didn't know that airplanes were supposed to get hit by lightning that often I, no, I mean I don't neither. think they were created to be stuck, struck by lightning I mean they're like, they're able to withstand it they kind of have to be but prepared for it if they're going to be doing that I did not know it was that frequent like have we been struck by lightning and we didn't even know it I think you would know because like they have to recheck all the systems and make sure that like it's working oh yeah Mm. stuff but okay (laughs) that's freaky though that's a lot more often than I thought um but back onto the plane thing they hired a small plane for aerial filming for parts of the movie um but last minute it was switched over like the plane that they booked was switched over to another client but that plane reportedly crashed on takeoff, killing everyone on board. Um, the one that they had originally booked. Um, which is weird. So a lot of weird plane stuff going on. Um, oh, this one's uh, this one's kind of creepy. Um, so one of the scenes was filmed at a zoo. Uh, which focuses on the reactions of baboons. The baboons were so wild that an animal trainer had to be brought to set. Um, But the animal trainer died the next day after filming that scene um, because a tiger got a hold of his head and killed him. Oh. Yeah. (coughs) So that's weird. It's like a whole thing that like, animals can sense like demonic energy for yeah. us so like maybe he like brought something with yeah it, he brought something know? home and that tiger was tiger. not feeling it yeah no so um and then lastly last weird thing that happened um so this was a month after the film was released one of the special effects technicians his name was John Richardson got into a car accident um but he survived, but his passenger, Liz Moore, was beheaded oh. in the accident, um, which is weird if you think about um, there's a scene in The Omen um, where someone gets decapitated in a very similar way, and they were 66.6 kilometers away from a town called Omen in the Netherlands, O-M-M-E-N. Oh. which could also just be a, a crazy coincidence but um because 66.6 kilometers is like a weird i mean obviously that's also 666 thing but i don't know that's a kind of a weird distance um but those are some odd things that happened surrounding this was the, none of this happened on set i guess but um it's sort of things that affected the people involved in the creation of the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. <coughs> I see dead people. That's that one, right? I think so. Uh, Isn't that the sixth no, sense? That's the oh, that's the sixth sense. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, but this one does have a little boy in it. Yeah. And aren't those things creepy? Eh? <laughs> True. Period. But. So. Is it my turn to drastically yeah. kill the vibe in this? So Jordan's going to kill the vibe now. <laughs> so the one that I'm about to talk about is a lot more um, recent, and I feel like a lot more people may have heard of it. Um, small, it's a TV show, actually, not a movie. Um, have you guys ever seen or heard of the show Glee? 
Oh, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Jordan. Stop. I'm no in. Way. We're going there. <laughs> We're going there. I, uh, I've maybe, I've heard of it. Yeah, maybe. You've heard of it? Yeah, I, I might have, have heard of it. <laughs> Given it a watch or two. Perhaps the creepiest uh, film we've talked the about thus far. Sure. Yeah, the most haunting. <laughs> but it was actually super haunted, which I'm sure you guys have heard a little bit about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did a little extra research. For those of you who don't know, Glee was a fantastic yet horrible six-season show created by Ryan Murphy that was <laughs> featured a bunch of teenagers singing their little hearts out and <laughs> being extremely problematic. But after season three, things started to go downhill. Around uh, 2013, I think it was before it started filming its fifth season, main character, like the main protagonist of the show, besides Rachel, her love interest, Finn, Corey Monteith was found dead from a overdose in 2013 from having an ungodly amount of heroin and alcohol in his system. Mm -hmm. um, at this time, he was engaged to other main actress, Leah Michelle. Um, and a weird detail about his death is like, I don't know how close attention you guys paid to Glee, but Finn, the character who Corey played, his father um, in the show, died from drug overdose. Oh, and yeah. Finn had this whole episode where he was dealing with not wanting to end up like his dad and oh. thinking that he was going to end up like his dad. I think I remember that. Yeah. That's a little... Ooh. Yeah, I was rewatching it like after everything happened. I was like, "Oh God, that was a little, yeah, on the nose." Um, then uh, uh, after the show ended, well, actually, between like the main character deaths between 2003 and 2014, there were actually two more deaths on the show after Corey Monteith. One of them was assistant director Jim Fuller. Um, he honestly, I didn't realize that he died. His, I remember like, I don't know what he looked like, but I remember his name being on like every credits at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. He died in his sleep from, I think it was like a heart attack. Um, and then uh, production assistant Nancy Motes died from a overdose as well. It was a suicide. She's actually Julia Roberts' sister. And oh. Oh. in the suicide note, she said that it was Julia's fault oh, and that she geez. was a horrible sister and abused oh. her Oh God, and that awful. she wanted to leave Julia with nothing other than the memory of knowing that she's the reason she killed herself. Oh, that's... That is awful. Sad. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. Um, way after the show ended in 2018, uh, the guy played Finn's best friend, Puck. Actor's name was Mark Salling. Well, first off, in 2015, he, uh, they found a ungodly amount of child pornography on his computer. Mm, yep. I remember this. Yep. Yeah, like insane amount of pictures and videos of like, like three-year-olds and Gross. like just the most disgusting things in the world. And he pleaded guilty in 2015 and um, was about to be like convicted to go to prison or maybe he already was. Um, and he tried to kill himself in 2017 by... Uh, cutting himself and did not succeed he was like put in a hospital put on watch and he was about to get sent to jail again when he finally did kill himself in 2018 by hanging himself mm. yeah another weird detail is that in the show his character was like super perverted like i think in the season i'm watching right now he's like 20 dating a 14 year old oh, um oh, and then there's another scene where he made a sex tape in high school with another girl and filmed it or whatever and then one of the teachers was having to explain to him what child pornography was <gasps> oh that's so and gross. then in a later scene his character said along the lines i couldn't find the exact quote but i remember it because i was rewatching it and said he said by 25 i should either be in jail or dead oh, oh. talk about foreshadowing yep and then later on in 2020 during covid uh, much more recently, actress Naya Rivera, who plays Santana Lopez, uh, best character on the show, personally. Yep. Yeah. Um, she went missing in Lake Peru in California. She and her son had rented out a boat to go out and go swimming at the lake. Um, but then three hours after she took it out, people found her son alone on the boat sitting there. When they asked him what happened, he said that his mother had jumped in the water and never came back up. And uh, so they like searched the lake for days. 
uh, they got her son out and whatever, and they found her body days later, um, and she had drowned. And yeah, so those are like the three big things. And then people try to associate other little things that have happened, like all the controversy of Leah Michelle. They think yeah. it's like the Glee curse. They think that what happened with Demi Lovato is because she had a guest star role on Glee. <laughs> um, I mean, all of the actors, like, I don't know. I think everyone hates Kurt. Everyone hates Liam Shell. Everyone hates Matthew Morrison. Wait, people hate Kurt. I Who thought they did. Kurt? I thought they Who hated the character Kurt? of Kurt. Oh, I don't know. I love Kurt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it is kind of a curse. No, and like that all live of the- action Grinch movie for sure was a curse. <laughs> oh, I know that. Yeah. yeah. No, Matthew M- Morrison. Period was just the Glee curse. I yeah. Think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, also, I think it's noble that none of the main actors really had, like, careers after Glee, right. considering how big of a show that was. Like, none of them were successful Also, after. weren't all, if not most of them, that was, like, their first big thing, their first big gig? Yeah, and then all of them ended up being, like, kind of one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glee curse. Glee curse. But, yeah. That's what you missed on Glee. Oh, the curse you missed the curse well yeah but I don't know I think the curse could have been because the creators of Glee also did American Horror Story Oh, and I'm sure that stuff has some creepy stuff surrounding it I totally didn't put that together yeah they do a lot they did American Horror Story they did Glee they did um, American Crime Story. Um, There's one of these things is not like the other, and it's Glee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess Glee is sort of horrific in its own way. No, it really it is. It is. <laughs> it is horrifying. Huh. What? Um, wow. They're really multifaceted. Those, yeah. Those they also writers. did uh, Scream Queens. Oh. Okay. I can see how, like, all the senses of humor kind of like match, match up, up and yeah. they're all like huge ensembles of characters so it does make sense but no yeah right well I think that's all the time we have for today yes we've gone through our stories and, so sorry uh, we couldn't do calls yeah we'll um, hopefully Remember, Remember our headphones next week. Yeah. Um, next week is also our the last day before Thanksgiving. Oh, break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, well, I guess we'll figure out. If anyone has any ideas of what we should do next week, please let us know. Cause I yeah, am, yeah, I'm pop out of ideas. <laughs> well, uh, throw throw some out there. You know, um, you know how to reach us. So, <laughs> well, thank you for listening to the Graveyard Shift. Yes, thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.